Has it come to this? Oh, 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 oh. Original podcast material, you're listening to Tom and Ollie. Hello, Tom. Hello, Ollie. How are you doing? Um, you know, still got COVID fear, obviously. <laughs> um, I've been watching Australian baseball, and in Australia, COVID basically just doesn't exist anymore. Lucky um, Like, they have had less than a thousand deaths from it. So they've literally done a hundred times better than we have. And, uh, you know, it's just like, you know, and there's still like kind of social distancing at the ballpark, but they're all, you know, it's happy families, no masks, summertime. <laughs> it's, uh, the dream. it's depressing. Yeah. Um, and that just makes me want to run away to Asia and, you know, the Pacific Rim as quick as possible. And luckily I may well have, uh, it entered a career path where I will be able to do that. So <laughs> that's the dream currently. Well, I'm with you there. I definitely want to escape as soon as things are good again. Um, I do feel a bit like an animal in a cage, but I think the lesson I've taken recently is go somewhere in your head. I think I've probably said it before, but I think drowning yourself out uh, or drowning your surroundings out with uh, some kind of pursuit, hobby, or whatever uh, mm-hmm. is the best remedy there is. Yeah, now is the time to chill out more than ever before. That this is definitely not the time to get into something that you're not really into. <laughs> like, yeah, or what? I'm, well, what I'm trying to say more so is get into something that maybe you've been putting off or. Just haven't yeah. really considered. Well, you've been uh, writing, haven't you? You've you've I, caught I my writing, writing bug. Yeah, I've caught your writing bug definitely. Uh, I've been giving it a uh, a shot, and I definitely it's definitely giving me a kick up the ass. That's <laughs> for sure. Uh, my well, I I won't talk about it now because uh, it's still early days. Don't want to get anybody's yeah, hopes of up. Course. If there's anybody's hopes to get up, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, you're doing it because you want to do it, not because some man on the internet told you it would be a good idea. Yeah, it sucks to do things that you're told to do. You should follow your heart. Mm. Which is why we give the caveat of all the advice on this show. Um, you can take it or leave it, you know? Yeah, no, for sure. I think that's a, the, the best advice is ignorable. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. But, you never want to hear you must do this thing. But at the same time, it's with uh, serious consideration, I'd say, if yeah, um, whatever the problem is affects somebody else or negatively impacts yourself. You've got to strive for positive change, I think. Always always be better. Shall we uh, make some positive change, then? Uh, we can try. Who wants to go first? Um, go on. You go first. Okay. I am a gay man in the third year of a relationship with an older man. The age difference is just under a decade. We hooked up shortly before I moved away to university, and he's been really supportive when I've needed help through mental illness, and does not bat an eyelid that I can't contribute as much to the relationship financially as he can. But I feel I'm missing out by being in a committed relationship at such a young age with somebody at a different stage of life, who will want to settle down as soon as I leave university. 
I find myself wondering what it might be like to date and get in, get to know a completely new person. I don't want to leave him, but I feel I could drift into a stage of life I'm not ready for. Ooh, that's an interesting one. I thought we'd start with people whose heads are screwed on straight and <laughs> have a relatively civilised problem. Yeah, this is quite a down-to-earth one, in fairness. Well uh, done, you. It wasn't from Reddit, you'll be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Who'd have thought? Uh, where did you get this one from? Uh, this one was from The Guardian. Okay. This is relatively tame for The Guardian as well. I know my perception of The Guardian is their agony aunt. Articles are always uh, like my my wife's boyfriend was mean to me or something like that. I don't know. I have <laughs> <laughs> not such a good perception of it. Um, that must be yeah, it's kind of an age gap because he must be eighteen, I guess, if he's just started university. Yeah, like nineteen, twenty. Yeah, so this other guy is what, like twenty six, twenty seven, I guess. Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah. I can see how then maybe the older guy might want to settle down in that case. Yeah, because obviously we're both in this uh, sort of, I don't want to say in-between fate, but I guess we we are seeing our cohort uh, doing the whole settling down thing. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I don't think either of us particularly want to do that at the moment. Um, and it is that sort of fight. Because, you know, you only get one life and then it's over. So you, it's that fight between one thing, one thing, but also one thing, another thing. And sort of, obviously, it's not all up to you either. You've got to work with the circumstances that you're in as well. It is it is a, a headache to try and figure out, you know, is this thing that supposedly looks really good actually the best thing for me? Or should I explore other options even if that means losing this supposedly good thing yeah i'm sure it's a comfy position as well to have uh i mean i, I don't want to go as far as to imply he's some kind of sugar daddy but if he's doing <laughs> financial support yeah and you know sharing his uh mature wisdom i'm sure that's a great comfort at such a such an age as 18 because your head can be spinning uh quite a bit with all the things going on. But that doesn't necessarily mean it's the best thing for you. Because I think... I think, being honest, you do have to satisfy your curiosity. When it comes... Especially when it comes to relationships. Because it, I think it's one of the greatest things you can feel FOMO about. Uh, maybe I'm projecting a bit there. But I feel like it's... Um, you know, it's going to come back... It's going to come back and bite you in the ass if you don't... If you don't investigate that. Um, yeah well it's like security versus adventure but again security is not a lifetime guarantee you know as you say it might be good to have you know that sort of uh financial support and emotional support for a while but you just can't guarantee that those things will be there forever whereas you know later on adventure might not be an option yeah and well hopefully you can say this guy's gonna be financially supporting himself eventually um yeah but yeah i think i think also you don't really want to hinge your relationship on financial support if you know what i mean i think there's sort of a higher value to attain because i'm sure they do care for each other but 
it's maybe not what you would seek um, when you're younger because I don't know generally you do want to like go out and just see what takes your fancy at that age don't you because I think there's just so many things that you just naively jump into you know just whoever you see at the club or whatever um, mm. doesn't necessarily have to lead to anything but all the same I think that is some, something present in your mind until you've actually you know, tried it out and I think that's only going to stick with you if you stay in a relationship especially from mm. like, in your teens which this guy would be. You could always Robin this guy from How I Met Your Mother and be like well, if we're both still single later, we can get back together. But for now, I need to spread my wings and fly. Potentially. Um, there's no reason you can't be on good terms if you cut it off, right? I mean, I don't know how you would feel about the financial side of it. Um, that could get ugly if you are actually dependent on him. Mm. Well, again, this is why... I, I don't know... On a personal level, I would be shying away from making huge commitments really early on because then, yeah, it can, you know, legally come back to bite you yeah. in that way, like, and leave you in an awkward situation. Yeah. Whereas if you make no commitments, you know, it's like nothing ventured, nothing gained in that regard, and you can always you you can always do it later. You know, <laughs> yeah. life is long. This is definitely one to say, follow your heart on, because um, yeah. if you have a stronger urge to go off and see other people do other things, then you kind of need to follow it, to be honest, I think. Because you may not get the opportunity later. Yeah, I mean, I'm a bit of a stickler for these things. I mean, maybe I just... Maybe I've got my reasons for that, but... I I like I wouldn't see myself in a like committed relationship until I'm quite a bit older. I feel mm. just because I want to tick all those boxes so I don't regret it. You know what I mean? Because that's the worst thing I think to then sabotage what might actually be a good relationship when you're just catching yourself thinking about other things, which might just be you know, fleeting thoughts, but. Yeah, well, yeah, it, it has to be the answer comes yeah. from within, from deep down. Yeah. Did you also get the answer from the article, or did you just... No, I only took the question. No. <laughs> I thought the That's answer might though. lead I, me. <laughs> yeah, I don't think we need the answer. We got our own answers. It's kind, yeah, of, it's exactly. kind of cheating if we take um, a seasoned veteran's answers, I feel. <laughs> got to come up with our own. Yeah. Any uh, last thoughts on that one? No, I follow your heart. I follow think you your go heart. Go next. <laughs> what have I got? Um, I've got another one in the area of commitment, actually. So this one goes: How do I tell a girl that I don't want to have sex and I'm saving myself for marriage? So I'm a 19-year-old guy, and I've been talking to this girl on Snapchat. And she seems cool, and she keeps wondering when I'm going to come over and cuddle. But it kind of seems like she means cuddle, in quote marks. Quotation marks, sorry. Lol. The thing is, I'm a devout Christian, so I'm not trying to do that till I'm married. Do I wait till our first date to tell her, or do it now? 
I don't want to offend her somehow by implying that's what she was talking about in the first place. But at the same time, I'm still a 19-year-old guy, and I have no illusion that I would likely be able to stop myself if I were in the situation. I mean, I hope I could, but still. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I think you got to lay it out at first point of contact. Because, um, yeah, if you get told, sort of, you know, some way into the dating process that sex is not on the table, um, you know, it is like having your cock getting, getting chopped off. <laughs> That's an interesting uh, figure of speech. Because, yeah, I mean, most people would presume that it is on the table. And, it, yeah, it's the sort of thing that you do need to declare at customs, basically. And you can't... Because, again, sort of, I think any sort of movement on the relationship front would be seen as uh, leading the other person on if you had no intention to uh, consummate. I agree with you there, yeah. Because everyone has that same urge, and I think the instinct is there to just act on it, isn't it? So having this um, conscious decision to avoid doing that is something you kind of need to inform people about because it's, yeah, it's, it's a... It being a conscious thing built on that instinct, you know, it, it's not something common to every person in that case. So you're right, lay it out um, from the beginning. At least then there's no crossed wires, like you say, um, leading people on. They're going to be disappointed in the long run if they end up uh, trying to smash and no can do. Well, I think this question really needs to come down to is why does this kid value the institution of marriage as much as he does is it because of a genuine well thought out opinion on it or is it because somebody else has told him to think that he must save himself from marriage otherwise Jesus will send him to hell true baby Jesus will cry in the manger we could dig deeper on this Uh, we don't really know that he doesn't say anything about why. I mean, him being a devout Christian, I assume he's a true believer and, you know, thinks this is the right thing to do. Uh, but does he really? Or is he just keeping up appearances? Who knows? Uh, I'm sure a lot of people do. Should he not talk to the devil on his shoulder as much as the angel on the other shoulder? <laughs> is he not his brother's keeper? Is the devil really the devil, though? In this case. Um, temptation yeah I mean I see nothing wrong in it but I also don't believe in but I know plenty of people that. who do believe in Christianity and other religions who have sex oh. so <laughs> outside of wedlock so it's more just like you believe in marriage is what you actually are saying you believe in marriage as some sort of um higher institution beyond just you know tax breaks (laughs) you believe in it as a sacred union which i don't think many people do to be honest i think you know a lot of people like the uh the the pomp of it all and they like having a special day where they're the star um that's certainly the americanized version of marriage um some people just want a holiday you know Mm. um it is going a bit above and beyond 
to, in the 21st century, consider marriage on that higher plane of existence as sort of like a literal spiritual contract. I don't know. Maybe I'm just very anti-marriage. <laughs> yeah, I mean, assuming he's not just keeping up appearances, um, you can assume he does hold marriage to some higher value than the average person. Uh, I see. I I see what you mean uh, in regards to the sort of Americanized view of weddings. It's just um, it's become just another sort of status thing, isn't it? It's um, yeah. I mean, there's another argument. I think one you'll hear uh, rolled out by f- feminists. I imagine is the the sort of contractual obligation of it, and it's just a kind of way to own another person in a way. Yeah, uh, well, it's, yeah, it's got its roots in ways. you know, yeah, in just negotiations and selling off your women for cattle. Yeah, it's just it's it's another type of property, isn't it? It's like, oh, look, this is my husband, or this is my wife. Mm. Um, and then it gets plastered all over Instagram potentially. It's, uh... But it do- it does also have yeah, as I say, like a municipal function. Like you do get tax breaks and stuff. If uh, yeah. like, which again is a sign of patriarchal uh, norms being pushed, and obviously that's got its uh, tendrils rooted in conservatism and you know Reagan and Thatcher era sort of um, good. Christian British values <laughs> uh, sort of thing being pushed you know it's not very um, inclusive or like cross cultural it's saying you must engage in this very Christian very orthodox very conservative practice small c conservative I mean mm. um, in order to get a tax break <laughs> and you know it is sort of boiling down any meaning that this thing has into just a purely functional way of keeping all your little minion people in in check, in line, in controlled institutions by which they will never rebel because if they're happily married, then they're not going to want to tear down uh, the, the House of Commons. Yeah, it's an interesting one. The tax breaks on marriage, um, I, mean, I haven't read into it too much, but it, you know, what what does it really change? I mean, if you're two mature adults, you don't really need to get married. I imagine, you know, what it, it almost seems um, a bit self-defeating to think that a contract actually makes you stay together, you know, who would honestly want to be in that kind of relationship, you know, where, where you're forced, mm. sorry, forced almost to be together. Again, as I say, I think it is a very narrow view of human existence. To be, it, I mean, it's it. I'm not saying marriage itself is the problem, but it's endemic of a wider problem. Mm. But yeah, with again, coming from you know a Western Christian small C conservative country, uh, you know these values are just inherent. But elsewhere in the world, not necessarily. Mm. Um, and obviously, in the animal kingdom, they don't have marriage either. And many animals engage in polyamory um, and, you know, have ba- bachelor herds and all of this. <laughs> like, it's not natural, is it? It's something cre- It's something that was created to essentially control the population <laughs> no. and has been passed down for thousands of years, or a couple of thousand years more I accurately. Mean, 
I don't fully like to compare ourselves to the animal kingdom so much because I think you know we we not well, dare I say we're better than that, but what I'm trying to say is you know like we're we're our own species, and I think well we just need to apply our intellect in the right places, hopefully. To keep the peace. But I, th- I think marriage is an application of our intellect to serve uh, in the interests of the rich and the powerful, not necessarily the individual. Hmm. Yeah, I can see that. So what what kind of purpose do you think that is? Because um, you say it, it keeps people happy. Uh, I mean, a lot of people will say marriage makes people unhappy. <laughs> maybe, maybe it's to well, yeah. maybe it's to keep the conflict in the home and not outside. It's yeah, it's to keep people controlled. It to keep people within a tight institution um, where they're less likely to cause anarchy and disruption. Mm. Basically, I mean that is what Thatcherism was built off of: building, you know, good, good middle class conservative values into the population. And again, it goes back way before that, but that's sort of, again, how it came to be in recent times. Hmm. This is very um, highbrow conversation for a comedy yeah. podcast. No, I've, I'm in a very, uh, you know, <laughs> not a highbrow mood necessarily, but just a, uh, I want to read more into Reddit comments than they intended mood. Yeah, and I mean, you do write to. Um, I think we need to as well because uh, they're a little short on content a lot of the time, <laughs> to be <laughs> honest. I did also bring uh, one with me from outside Reddit this time. Um, Excellent. Trying my best uh, this week to broaden my horizons. Okay, well, I brought one in from Reddit as well, and this is that one. I keep seeing writing on flat surfaces that I know isn't actually there. So I know I probably sound crazy. Maybe I am. Let me explain, though. I've noticed this strange thing that keeps happening every once in a while, which started a few months ago. It has been becoming more common, though. I don't believe I have a psychotic disorder or anything like that. I only suffer from anxiety. Otherwise, I'm a pretty healthy 20-year-old. Anyways, sometimes when I look at a flat surface, such as a wall, I see, or hallucinate, writing scribbled across it. Usually it's just a small section, and looks to be just one or two words, but I can never actually read it because it's super messy and it dissolves, I guess you could say, before my eyes get a chance to focus on it. This happens both while I'm wide awake, and while I'm just waking up. I did do some research on hypnagogic hallucinations, because that's all I could find on Google. But it really doesn't match what I'm experiencing. Does anyone have any idea what could be going on with me? Ooh-ee. Um, that doesn't sound good at all. Well, it could just be eye floaters. Could be. That's the very optimistic view on it. I mean, what I immediately thought of was schizophrenia, to be honest, because I, I know one of the uh, symptoms of that is... Uh, visual hallucinations mm. uh, could be writing. Um, maybe not though if it's the only symptom because usually you have a lot of 
well, you'd expect other components. I think more commonly it's the voices in your head. But I'm really no doctor here. I would say he should go see his GP, but Americans don't have GPs, or at least uh, they have to pay for them. So yeah. well, <laughs> well, you live in a screwed up he, country that's breaking apart insurance. in front of your own eyes. <laughs> Sorry. Maybe he's got insurance and he can go and see a doctor, uh, which I would recommend. I mean, if it generally is writing, that's quite scary. Um, I mm. Sounds like a film, doesn't it? Yeah. Like Da Vinci Code. <laughs> <laughs> the Da Vinci Code was in his head all along. Um, I don't know. I like my eye floaters theory, though, because it does sound a little bit like eye floaters, like super messy and dissolving when you try and look at it. It sounds like just kind of very periphery vision eye floaters to me. Possibly. And it might be something he's just never noticed before. You can't really know, even if you are a professional psychologist... You don't really know until you've actually been in that person's head, do you, what mm. they're really experiencing. I'm sure in like 10 years' time you'll be able to download his vision and review the tape. Yeah, we'll have something like that Black Mirror episode, the one where yeah. he has the hat that makes him feel other people's pain. The one that was written by uh, Jesse Armstrong, the writer of Peep Show. Uh, was it? Yeah, that's why it's all like Peep Show. <laughs> uh the Black Museum one is that the one you mean? Oh no, I meant in the first series when you're when he can like review his vision from the day before. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, or, like, I didn't mean like from that. whenever, like the entire history of you. No, I was talking. Be. I think this is season four, maybe. Yeah, that's not real Black Mirror though, is uh, it? It's fake. That, that was Black Mirror. <laughs> that was one of the better episodes in the later seasons. I agree. Some of them are a bit off the mark in the dystopian sci-fi area for my taste but Black Museum's a good one you should go watch it um, nah, just watch the nah. 7 Channel 4 episodes and leave it at that <laughs> <laughs> everything else is bad yeah, everything else is American that doesn't make it bad mmm mmm mm. well yeah, I, I don't want to know what else to say, to be honest, other than go see a doctor, if you're seeing writing. Yeah, yeah exactly. This is... <laughs> I don't know, I just thought maybe we could diagnose him, but I guess we can't. Could you not maybe, like, try and read it from the corner of your eye? You'd have to sort of catch it in the moment, but if you... Can you not do that thing where if you stare forward and you can kind of focus in on your peripheral without actually focusing in on it? directly you know you can kind of focus in your mind at least what's in your peripheral maybe you could read it mm. be interesting what it says though uh if it really is anything readable number wang maybe it's some long lost trauma from his childhood trial childhood <laughs> Jesus. childhood uh, that would be i'm something. an idiot today <laughs> um you know maybe, maybe he went to catholic school and he's just Mind is imprinting Bible verses on the wall. Yeah. No, I'm I'm lost on this one. Just go see a doctor. <laughs> seriously, <laughs> get yeah. someone who can really help you. Um, with that though, maybe let's move on to another question. This is uh going back into After Dark territory a bit. 
my boyfriend doesn't have sex with me anymore because he has hentai? Question mark. <laughs> Female 20, and I'm pretty fit. Okay. I have huge thighs and admittedly a decent ass. I'm skinny, five foot four, and only 130 pounds. I don't know what that is. I'm only dealing kilos. I'm not the most attractive woman, but I'm not unattractive. See, I can already tell this is an American because referring to yourself as fit, but then not the most attractive. Yeah, that's that's very not a Mike Skinner wouldn't be happy. It's uh, an oxymoron in British terms. I've never had issues between me and my boyfriend's sex life. Both of us don't watch porn because we get enough from each other, and the times he doesn't have me around, he has plenty of pictures and videos. One time we were having a convo and he found out I genuinely don't care if he watched hentai. That's kind of a specific conversation to have. Why not porn in general? Ever since that conversation, he jokes, quote-unquote, about hentai non-stop, which normally wouldn't faze me. However, it's been almost a month since we did anything sexual. At all. I kind of regret telling him. Before this, we never had sexual issues, and he had tons of libido. I was always willing to help out too, even if I didn't have time for my end. Now he never even asks or in, or initiates. But he's not sexually frustrated or abstaining from sex. He just doesn't need me. He talks about anime women a lot now. It's like he was hiding this, and now he feels free to express it. I just don't know what to do. <laughs> Suddenly he doesn't need me. Am I wrong to be bothered by it? And no, he isn't cheating. He's with me majority of the time. And he... And infidelity isn't even a question. Alright, I might just stumble through that one. Jesus. Um, what are you thinking? If she's 20, fit, why is she with a guy who watches hentai? That's a good point. Case closed. Dump him. <laughs> This is this is even more awful than the first one you had. You know, you can kind of understand someone being in a relationship for financial dependence or maybe just doubting the age gap. But here, you got a man. Yeah. Well, that seemed like a, a healthy relationship. You know. Yeah. It, he was just wondering whether it was the right thing for him, but this just seems like degeneracy. Or just completely, yeah, like, this guy just sounds completely wrong for her, and she's not very happy with him, and could probably do a lot better, so... Yeah, my first well, instinct I'm, I'm, I'm is... I'm slamming the big blue dumping button right now. We need, like, a sound effect. I feel like we should get some sound effects on board. I'd like to have, like, a soundboard. Oh, I would hate a soundboard. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, no. I want it to be, like, a... Well, I don't want to be too much like Alan Partridge, but... I want to... Alan's warm bath. <laughs> Alan's deep bath. Sponsored by Dettol. You've got me on the references now as well. Now that I've seen it. Um... It is Alan's warm bath. I fucked it up. <laughs> Idiot. Well, we can discuss that later. <laughs> yeah, but, um... sorry. I'm not. We're not doing a very good job of kicking the junk here. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. It does seem... As if he's been holding back this secret about his uh, hentai addiction. And it's quite insensitive, really, to obsessively talk about it in front of uh, your significant other, I feel. Um, especially if you're not um, giving her equal attention, you know, it's just, it comes off as yeah. uh, obnoxious, really. I do worry about the youth 
these days. I think these people have always existed, though, in another, in some form. Or oh another. yeah, no, I I do understand, Pre- but hentai. you know, people as old as like fifty, sixty watch this yeah. stuff. I mean, but... someone had to invent it for a reason. I mean, Japan. Yeah, it just seems to be spreading a lot more, spreading like some sort of virus. I mean, I get, it, it's an easier thing. Again, it's easier to sit home and uh, wank off to cartoon women than it is to go out and actually talk to a real one potentially if you've never uh-huh. developed those skill those skills at an early age you know it's easier to just avoid it but if he has a girlfriend then why is he spending all this time i, I actually can't get up. into this guy's mindset because he has a girlfriend um but he would rather look at animated stuff it could be that he just has like a very specific fetish you know that only you mm. know like tentacles and all that rubbish that only he gets off on the cartoons the only other alternative i see is he she could engage with him on it and try and like recreate some of it you know like maybe get some like plush tentacles and stuff um get a tiktoker in <laughs> accidentally get stuck in the washing As machine a consult- sex consultant uh, i don't know what happens i've never i never actually watched hentai so i can't really give any examples but yeah i mean she shouldn't have to engage on it either really unless she wants to doesn't sound like her thing um but yeah at 20 it it does seem like kind of a no-brainer like why why wouldn't you just leave this guy to get on with his weird things uh you don't need him nor is he any good for you by the sounds but yeah dumped you are dumped. Like. I mean, maybe there's some good sides to it. We don't know the whole picture, but yeah, I, sex is an important part of any relationship. I think, um, more so in your youth. So go find something better. Yeah, dumped as you said. Shall we continue? For the past year, I've been visiting a man for piano lessons. Ooh. But what actually happens is we just have sex. I honestly don't know how it all started, but I now pay him £20 every other Thursday for sex in his music room. After an hour, I pull on my clothes and I leave. I'm a married woman and feel equally thrilled and guilty about this. Moments after leaving his house, I feel terrible, but then I can't wait to go there again. What should I do? That is one cheap prostitute. (laughs) £20? Jesus. 20, yeah, she's got to raise her rate, though. Oh, no, she's paying him. She's paying he's him, the yeah. Prosti- he's the prosy. Well, the male escort market isn't as uh, in demand, I don't think. Yeah, that's why his rate's so low. <laughs> Maybe. There's there's no, um, you know, equal rights movement there, is there? Equal pay for men and... Um, not that I've heard of, no. In, I mean, uh, but, uh, that certain business. But I suppose the artist does need to, the artist, the musician, music teacher, whatever he is, um, needs to get paid for his time, doesn't he? Because I suppose they did agree at some point that he would mm. teach her for an hour, but and ideally he still needs to get paid for that time. So makes sense. That... So is this all okay? Or will this all blow up in her stupid face? Um, I mean, these things do inevitably blow up in your face if you're married or in a relationship, don't they? Keeping secrets is never a good idea. I think naturally they do 
come out because it's a burden at the end of the day. Unless you're a complete psychopath, it is a burden to keep secrets. You know, having to cover your tracks all the time, lie. It just it's effort, and that does exhaust you eventually. Not to mention, I think people's suspicion grows as well. So these things do naturally come to a head. It's hard to completely avoid. Um, but I don't know. I feel like a okay. That's definitely the m most important side of it. But I, another question I have is, what about her music lessons? You know, has she just given up on her hobby here? <laughs> Should she trade in her passion for sex? I I don't know about that. Yeah, how much piano playing is actually going on? Indeed. Maybe she should start paying for two hours and actually get some piano lessons done. Don't give or up on combo. Your, your hobbies. First like hour piano, second hour sex. Exactly. Build a little bit of tension, it might even make it better. <laughs> I wonder if there's like a like um like a composer pimp. <laughs> composer sort of like waving his baton around telling him to get out. Or telling her to get out as soon as possible. <laughs> well I mean probably not it's not illegal for one so I feel like it can all be done above board <laughs> what the piano lessons of a prostitution <laughs> the piano lessons I mean that's what we were talking about now um, yeah well you need to do the right thing I imagine own up to your, your other man your hubby and then run away with the pianist and his maybe, delicate yet hard fingers. If it's not just a fling, maybe she's generally into this guy now, which I don't know. Mm. Well, you she shouldn't... certainly feels seems more excited by this than whatever's going on. At yeah, home. you shouldn't necessarily feel so bad about it. It might just mean you need to move on to another relationship. Again, uh, we, we've been grappling all episode about this, whether to uh, yeah continue on with um the stable option or go off on wild adventure scrape your knees i mean if you can adventure is good i'd say um don't know wait up what are you staying for what are you leaving for because there's nothing wrong in wanting something else i don't think yeah just don't lie that's the thing because it's only gonna hurt people uh I don't have much more to say about that, to be honest. Um, yeah, shall we move on? I think our questions this week are quite open and close, I feel. <laughs> what have I got? Okay, I got one from The Sun here, from the Dear Deirdre section. <laughs> so it goes, I know my wife lies about washing her hands, and it's putting me on edge. She hardly ever does. I know because I watch her. She'll give her hands a cursory flash under the tap when she first comes in, but never actually uses soap. It's the same when she goes to the toilet. I found it off-putting before, but since COVID-19, it's really putting me on edge. I'm 44 and she's 42. I try not to touch anywhere she has been. Hate her touching me and she stopped eating and have stopped eating the meals she prepares. I've tried to speak to her but she gets really angry and says I'm being over the top. Do you think I'm being unreasonable? Is this uh, pre or post-COVID? This is post-COVID because he was saying yeah. um, it put him on edge before, but more so now, ah, see, given yeah. the pandemic. 
I mean, yeah, if, again, if you're not washing your hands, you're going to end up, like, getting a disease, aren't you? Like, <laughs> Yeah. Um... And not, the, not a COVID disease, just like a, you know, bacterial infection. After the toilet, not washing them, I should say, after the toilet is not good. That's certainly a way to get sick. Get, um, whatever it, what's the one you get from poo? Um, is it Ebola? <laughs> no, it's not Ebola, is it? Yeah. Uh, That'd be pretty specialist if you managed to contract that, but. <laughs> but, um, that's kind of like a, a must do, I feel. You know, you've got. At least wash your hands after going to the toilet. Mm. Washing your hands, cleaning your teeth. You know, these are the very yeah. basic tenets of living in civilized society. This woman should match up with the guy that doesn't brush his teeth. Yeah. Well, she she yeah she she'd be even more anxious about that. I feel. But have you noticed there's the same behavior on display? Um, this guy mentioned she gets angry when he tries to confront her about it, whereas the same thing happened with the teeth guy yeah which implies they are kind of insecure about it but just don't want to act on it yeah again i mean yeah i feel like again we've sort of found this out you know quite recently in human history and because of that i think a lot of people especially the powers of it be um don't actually want to do anything about it or acknowledge it as a real thing but i think we have kind of discerned that it is a real thing and that is that if people are doing these things or you know what you would call feckless uh or lazy or layabout you know these people are depressed yeah. is what they are and that they need help and support and understanding and not you know vitriol and jeremy kyle shouting and you know these may just be you know singular symptoms and not like a wider problem but it's all part. It's all under the same umbrella of like poor mental health causing, mm. you know, to do things that are irrational and unhealthy for you. And I think, yeah, we shouldn't judge these people. As funny as it is, again, <laughs> like with the whole Karen thing when we discussed that, like you shouldn't. It is. It may be easy and funny to laugh at these people, but what you actually need to present them with is compassion. Because if you don't, then it's all just going to keep getting worse and worse and worse, and we're all just going to kill each other eventually. I think compassion and just, you know, being nice is the right thing to do. And I think, yeah, it's obviously really difficult to live with someone who's doing something weird or unusual and is getting very angry and defensive about it. But, yeah, you have to approach it with some level of understanding. Um, and, it, yeah, it's really difficult... If they don't want to help themselves, that's the most difficult thing. Is if somebody else doesn't want, to, if somebody doesn't want to help themselves, it's so so difficult to stay compassionate. Um, and again, sometimes you need to cut those people out. Um, but you know, you're not gonna you're not gonna dump someone over not washing their hands. But yeah, if it you know you need to come at them from a measure of understanding and make sure they know that they're not under attack. And then that might help. Like, that's the worst. The, what society, and especially, like, social media has bred recently is, like, this feeling that everybody is judging us all the time. And it's, like, paranoia. And obviously humans are naturally paranoid, as we've uh, developed. Um, but I think we need to become less paranoid 
to successfully survive in the modern age. And, you know, it's the trust exercise. You need to trust, but if you drop backwards, there are going to be pe- people behind you to pick you up and do the same for other people. And, you know, <laughs> I'm spending quite a lot out of <laughs> washing hands, cleaning teeth. Um, but yeah, no, but you're right. that's, but that is, it, you know, it's a singular problem within a much wider problem that, you know, needs to be tackled to get those singular problems under control as well. Sure. I mean, attacking people at the end of the day is only going to build tension, isn't it? Uh, I feel a bit guilty now thinking about it because I, I did originally pick this looking at the headline thinking it was kind of a funny one. <laughs> but oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> it, it def- no, 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 no. Because um, not, like I say, I'm thinking of the same thing. It it is symptomatic, the not washing hands, brushing teeth, whatever. And, you know, I've been there myself, you know, if I'm feeling particularly depressed at some point, you know, I I tend to like not shower or whatever because um, it just seems like all the more effort to do that. Um, so I think, yeah, the real issue with this is probably your missus has something else going on. Um, mm-hmm. Not like that. She doesn't have a Dave in her life. That's not what I mean, but <laughs> something else in her head. Um, maybe, or maybe we're wrong. Maybe she just generally is like a, uh, degenerate and just doesn't like washing your hands some yeah. people are just lazy um and just yeah they don't have that mindset maybe because yeah. that's something that's instilled in you at a young age isn't it um if you don't have that discipline to wash your hands maybe she was raised uh in the wild a little bit and <laughs> um i don't know but it feels good to wash your hands sometimes um yeah, I mean, if they're particularly grimy or you instinctively you feel, just... you know, I'm not, I'm not a freak about it. I yeah. uh, one thing for me, uh, when I used to wash my hands back at uni, and I think um, you might have remembered this. I used to get like um, these like um, like bubbles in my hands. Do you remember that? Bubbles. Yeah, like underneath my skin, it would really? get like bubbly almost. I don't know. It was like maybe an infection. I don't really know. But I, f- what was causing it was using too much soap. I was washing my hands with soap, and for whatever reason, my skin, because obviously soap like clears like a layer off your your skin, like mm. it, it it removes the uh, natural oils in yeah. your skin. So I think what was happening was it was removing the natural oils, and then from other from some other source, my hands were suddenly much more capable of becoming infected or something. When you say bubbles, so what I mean... did was I changed to dermal. This isn't an advert. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that actually helped a lot. Like, I've never had it since then. And, like, because the dermal doesn't remove the natural oils, it doesn't scrub it off. But it still washes your hands and, you know, rinses them. When you say bubbles, you mean, like, pimples? Like, you can pop? Yeah, I don't know. I can't really explain them. But, yeah, sort of, like, pimply sort of white sort of pusses of skin i guess okay so yeah kind of like pimples um yeah and that was because yeah too much soap. so i do get i i was thinking like oh should i ever wash my hands ever again if that's what is causing this but yeah like sometimes you do just need to find the right uh you know stuff for your hand wash to make it good for you i think yeah that might be some people's problem is that they just don't like the soap or they don't like the feeling 
Um, and you know, it's better to just leave it than actually do it. But yeah, I think it is again. <laughs> we know this from Roman civilization. It is the uh, the mark of living in a civilized world is being clean. Um, and if you can, it, you should strive to be so. And that I don't think that got, comes under the umbrella of uh Thatcherite conservative values. I think that just comes under living like a person. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot to said, lot to be said about being clean. I think and. Uh, I mean, I think cleanliness holds together the fabric, the fabric of society in a way, because I I can recall, um, I can recall someone I knew who was, I don't know if they were unclean or if maybe they had some kind of condition that just made them that way, but they had maybe the worst body odor I've ever smelled in my life, and. I feel like it was abnormally bad, you know, like not just, not just bad body odor, but like it, it honestly smelled like death, you know, like it was, if I could compare like the next worst body odor I'd ever smelled, it would be like a quarter of that. And this is also going back to uni. I don't think you knew them, um, but I know for myself, I actively avoided sitting next to her him <laughs> for that for that reason you know um it's it's like a an anti-magnet you know it it repulses people um <laughs> well I, I have uh discussed with you um particular uh, particular people slash person <laughs> who smelled of body odor but uh you know, we won't go into that. Oh, you already in, told me in that, such a public forum. <laughs> That's the one. You but told yeah, me, right? I I know my fair share of smelly people. Let's put it that way. <laughs> Is it who I'm thinking? Probably. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, because I can't imagine a society where everybody stank, and they all got along, right? Because for one, everyone stinks differently. So I think we would all just repulse each other, right? And we would become sad loners uh, in our... Well, as I say, uh, it may come under imperial conservative values, but when the Romans spread their civilization, they made sure they built a bathhouse in every settlement because they considered that the difference between being civilized Romans and being barbarians. And mm. obviously there's a lot of you know imperial colonial implications of that. But I think the fundamental idea was true. <laughs> yeah, I mean, were barbarians such smelly people? I can't, I can't imagine that they would. Well, I mean, it depended, no didn't it? But I mean, yeah, if you lived in a mud hut, and you know, you could wash in the river, but if you didn't have a river nearby, if you were out on, uh, on some sort of campaign, just wait for a rainy day. Yeah. But yeah, obviously that's a very imperial view of the noble savage, etc. Um, mm. Which we, we're not going to get into now. <laughs> they used to pee in their head, didn't they? The Gauls. <laughs> they used it as like a, a hair product. Exactly. So you want a, like do you want a Caldarium? Quintus scrubbing you off in the Caldarium? Or do you want piss in, the, in your hair? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I don't see myself uh, peeing in my hair anytime soon. But yeah, uh, washing your hands is a good step towards uh, <laughs> keeping society's fabric together, I think. 
give her ten pennies every time. Ten, ten one penny coins every time she washes <laughs> her. her hands. Yeah. Could be. I mean, if it is a discipline thing, then maybe entice her, give her some reward. Chucky. <laughs> Chucky. Or just don't, well, in the theme of other questions we've had recently, um, just don't have sex with her until she agrees to wash her hands. <laughs> I mean, he said he doesn't want her touching him, so surely that must be a problem. Yeah. Not that old. They're only in their 40s, so things must still be happening. What a fantastic way to resolve all marital strife. (laughs) (laughs) The denial of pleasure. (laughs) Boom. Yeah, blackmail your partner. No, don't do that. (laughs) But, I mean, if it's something he doesn't want to do, he's every right to withhold. Well, he's got every right to withhold anyway, but, um, you know, don't. I think maybe it's not fair to use it as a, a leverage. Saying that now, I, I really want to go wash my hands now. I just realized they're kind of a bit sweaty. <laughs> yeah, it's probably been, it's been a couple of hours since I washed my hands. I feel like it's made my hands sweaty just thinking about <laughs> someone having dirty hands, walking with like poopy hands. Mm. Yeah. Well, I think this is a good chance for us and the listener to go and wash our hands. And we will wash our hands of this entire episode and I will stop talking like with Nail. Yes! What was that? It's uh, Richard E. Grant, or Limmy's impression of Richard E. Grant. Ah. <laughs> we cheered, we shouted. I popped my <laughs> fist in the air! <laughs> God, I love that. I really cannot take Richard E. Grant seriously anymore after Limmy's impression. <laughs> uh, this, yeah. That... That was quite a, dare I say, viral video on Twitter, wasn't it? I think that kind of launched some additional attention for him. Mm. For Limmy, I mean. Well, for both of them. Well, yeah. <laughs> it's guess. the most relevant Richard E. Grant's been for about 20 years, <laughs> at least. Well, aside from being in Star Wars, I guess. But yeah. I'd put anyone in Star Wars. Um. Yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a cameo show at this point isn't it I mean Daniel Craig was secretly in Force Awakens wasn't he Yeah, it's a bit like an American Harry Potter in that regard a little bit, also in the same way it's just the franchise that will never get left alone (laughs) yeah if there's money to be made we'll squeeze it out of it till it's dead, I mean Star Wars in particular is one I'm salty about being a well yeah Star Wars nerd but Mostly in nostalgia, I feel. That's mm. kind of the problem. Yeah, I feel like, yeah. I have a big Any fascination I had sequels. with Star Wars previously is dead at this point. I just do not care. <laughs> but I think... I, wait, I, I think I've spoken about that before on this podcast, haven't I? I? I'm definitely a big fan of The Mandalorian, but that's only because it does tap into the nostalgia factor big time and is yeah. on its own, I feel like, a, a good show. Uh, so, it, yeah, it, it distanced itself from the the bad, the bad acceptable ones. Star Wars. Yeah, no more Star Wars. <laughs>